Hi everyone, I'm Claire Musket reporting for UC Today and today I'm joined by Martin Taylor, co-founder and deputy CEO of Redwood Technologies Group. And today we're going to be talking about how agent experience drives customer experience. Welcome to the show, Martin. How are you today? Hey. Very good, thanks. Nice sunny day, as you can yes. see behind me. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> so to kick off, and by way of introduction, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, sure. So I co-founded a company called Redwood Technologies Group a long time ago, back in the 90s, when I was in my early 20s. Uh, we're best known for our content guru organization. Uh, that's probably the one most of you will come across. Uh, but yeah, we are and always have been about communication technologies. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, that's mainly around you know, the cloud and the contact center customer experience. Mm -hmm. But it's taken many forms over the years. We were behind a lot of the TV voting of the noughties, things Ooh. like Big Brother and Pop Idol. That's where we learned about doing things at scale. We were very early into cloud uh, in 2005 when we set up Content Guru. It wasn't even called cloud yet. But we knew if we made this big system uh, and we multi-tenanted it, hundreds or even thousands of organizations could share the same platform and that that was going to be a, a much better place to, to be as a business mm. than making and selling the solutions, which mm. is what we've been doing for the previous decade. Mm. So kind of within the, the company, um, I started out, writing games and things when I was about 10 or so. But uh, yeah, they're always, even from the very beginning, were much more capable technical people in the organization. Mm -hmm. So my role has always been more around the kind of product design uh, and commercialization aspects. So really positioning the business. So that meant, for example, uh, designing the, I suppose, what became cloud concept, uh, scaling up what this platform would look like, uh, how big it would need to be, what would go on it. Uh, I'm coming up with this name Storm, uh, which has uh, become somewhat popular now, as well as being a, a kind of expensive to maintain trademark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine a lot of people after that one. <laughs> they are, yes. <laughs> awesome. And in, in terms of just that word, the cloud, for those of us who are less technical, what are the advantages of using cloud technologies? Yeah, well, the cloud is you know, by definition a bit nebulous because <laughs> it, it. what it really means is you've got a, a lot of big servers in multiple data centers. Uh, we use about 16 different data centers around the world. I think we've got four here in the UK. Uh, and really with the cloud, it means that the service can be offered quite separately to the volume of users on it. So yeah, we, we don't mind if you join uh, a content guru and you, know, you want to take on a storm service and you want to double the number of people who use it. It doesn't mean we send some engineers along to a data center and we plug in some servers or some blades or a new router or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, you, it's all virtualized. So uh, we know there are some physical you know, constraints ultimately on, on the platform size, but we work in the background keeping ahead of all of that. So we carry out about 400 upgrades per month on our platform so that our customers don't have to. Wow, that's amazing. And yeah. is Storm and Cloud connected? <laughs> yeah, well, when we came up with the Storm name, yeah. it was really about uh, this idea of disruption. Uh, and you know, we thought, well, Storm is a kind of cloudy name, even though it's not called Cloud yet. Mm -hmm. uh, we 
we'd always used to draw a cloud on a network diagram to mean the network. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, it was a, I suppose everyone else did as well. That's why it's called the cloud. <laughs> but we thought it means energy. Uh, it means uh, disruption in a good way. And actually at the very beginning, when we were doing the TV, it was also an acronym. The T was for television. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's long since forgotten now. <laughs> Lots of history there. So, yeah. so bringing us back to the role of um, contact centres and, and especially yeah. the agents within contact centres. So we know by definition, customer and employee experience are two halves of the same coin. But what is it about contact centres that means typically they have such high turnover and low engagement in comparison to other frontline service roles such as retail and hospitality? Yeah. Why is that? Well, the contact centre, I suppose, historically was a bit like a kind of Victorian mill or, or workhouse situation. <laughs> um, yeah, not quite the same, but the last kind of real high density, everyone sitting in rows type mm -hmm. of environment. Often it was seen by the organisations behind these contact centres as a cost centre. Mm -hmm. So as a cost centre that meant the focus was on cost reduction measures, yeah. uh, whereas obviously now it's all more a value centre, it's more strategic. Mm -hmm. But uh, back then, which is back then isn't very long ago, it meant cramming as many people as you could in there, in a big shed, uh, and frankly it wasn't a very appealing physical environment and then if you're on inbound the you know the phone's ringing uh, as soon as you finish the last call mm. uh, the person on the other end of the line might be angry mm. you're probably dealing with people at their worst they're yes. undergoing problems they're trying to transact they're having difficulties which is why they've come to the contact center they weren't able to finish it all online that's why they're talking to you so a lot of responsibility uh, you're kind of at the point of this arrowhead mm. and a lot of people find that very stressful uh, and you know it is if you're outbound similarly you perhaps you having calls presented you're working out what it is you're going to be talking about mm. even as the phone's ringing at the other end mm. uh, or maybe you don't even have that luxury mm. so it's not that surprising that you know, we've been seeing churn rates of maybe even 70 75 percent annually no. which in an environment where you spend a quarter of a year learning how to do the job, I think the idea that three quarters of you have gone by the end of that year yeah. is clearly unsustainable. So technology has a role to play in that. Mm. Um, we talk a lot about omni-channel, so mm. it means not just the phone ringing and you speaking, mm. but it means all those written forms of communications, mm. from simple ones like SMS to things like instant message chat or Facebook, Twitter, Trustpilot, mm. yeah, WhatsApp, email. Mm. So we've got all these different forms of communication that the, the contact centre worker, the agent, mm. is being expected to deal with. Mm. Uh, and sometimes, traditionally, those were presented in different formats. Mm. So you had to learn all these different ways to tab between mm. uh, these different uh, yeah. sources of, of these uh, uh, contacts that were coming through. Similarly, you might have trouble... Uh, looking up the information you need. No one gets into being a contact centre worker, particularly in a kind of help desk type mm. environment, without wanting to help. Mm. Uh, and yet sometimes the technology was in the way of helping, mm. having to put people on hold while you work out how to look up a piece of information. Mm. And when you come back, it's a couple of minutes later, they're, they're a bit cross now because they mm. had waited 
for a while before they even talk to you. Mm-hmm. So technology can do a lot about that. You know, it's, we can provide one interface for all the channels, so it's mm-hmm. easy to work. Easier. Yeah, and again, you can integrate into all of those backend information systems. Uh, we've mm-hmm. done hundreds of them, not just CRM, but uh, all the other kinds as well. Um, and then you know, you've got this simple interface, it's intuitive, and it's serving up the information you need. Mm-hmm. And I think increasingly, uh, it's about adding more layers of automation to make that task even easier. Mm-hmm. So the latest things we're working on are listening to what the caller is saying in a phone call, uh, making that into text using speech to text, natural language processing mm-hmm. technologies, using their knowledge management to bring up information from uh, available sources and put those on the screen. Mm-hmm. So uh, while I'm talking about a refund of a ticket to a concert, and we're already you know, we're dredging up the information and these are the terms of cancellation on that particular concert so we can get straight into helping and doing cool. that stuff that humans are really good at rather a, than looking yeah, up. The process, that sounds really cool. So just to clarify, if I was a contact centre agent, while the customer was talking in the background, this technology would be turning what they were saying into text that meant yeah. it was searchable automatically right. on the yeah. internet. Oh, right. So I don't have to do yeah. any of that anymore. That's great. Hey, so, we've long so, done that in email. Yeah. So you send an email in to an insurer, for example, yeah. and most of those emails, they're not quite sure what they're all about. Yeah. There may be useful information in the subject header. It might not. It might be a known address it's coming from. It might not. So easiest is just to read automatically the whole email. Mm-hmm. We see someone's talking about uh, collision with a tree. So we think, okay, this is a motor claim. Let's put that in this queue. Uh, and maybe we can attach a priority to it. So it's really taking those digital ideas yeah. that really are quite well proven now mm-hmm. and applying those to voice, you know, making voice a digital channel. That's yes. really the, the goal of all this. Yeah, of course. And hopefully that will help relieve some of those pressures that you said about um, contact centres being seen as a cost centre. And, yeah, you know, absolutely. You can... It's got to be a value centre, really. Value centre, yeah. Yeah, the, the whole lockdown period and the, the, the pandemic mm. that really changed the role of the contact centre now. It really is a front door, a shop window, or whatever the analogy is that you want. That is the point at which... Uh, you're going to be, as an organisation, fronting into your customers. So it's much more strategic even than other parts of the UC space, which some of them are more kind of back office, they're more internal. This is front and centre, how you deal with customers uh, and how you differentiate and create competitive advantage. So that then gets sea level attention uh, and therefore investment and the kind of backing that's needed to make these transformations. Yeah, it's good that you mentioned the current situation actually, because I guess my next question was really gonna be about the fact that the location has changed for the agents in doing their role. A lot of them are like working from home now rather than in those big boxes that um, that with the traditional contact center. Um, I was just gonna ask, with all those really significant changes for the agents, how have you been seeing businesses responding to that in in terms of agent experience? Yeah, well, obviously when coronavirus happened, the first priority for many uh, contact centers was send the agents home. And in many cases, there was no 
a history or procedure for doing that. So yeah, we, we sent thousands and thousands of agents home for all sorts of organizations. And yeah, let, let's get them answering the phone or let's get them taking the emails. And actually, if you're in the cloud, the cloud doesn't really care where the agent is. If they're at home, if they're in a contact center, if they're in a, a normal office, it, it doesn't really matter. Mm. So sending them home was priority one, you know, mm. keep the phones ringing. And that was easier said than done in some cases, particularly with some of the outsourcer locations like uh, South Asia, for example. The home working environment yeah. is not necessarily always suitable uh, for taking calls, particularly calls where there might be personally identifiable information, yeah. let alone calls where you actually transact. Mm -hmm. So the next step was, okay, how can we make the operation compliant? Mm -hmm. uh, so we're observing GDPR yes. rules, ISO 27001 rules, uh, how we're going to be dealing with payments in particular. Mm -hmm. uh, it's all very well talking to someone, but you know, can you take their money, which is ultimately what businesses exist to do. So uh, running that PCI DSS level one operation from home, again, the cloud comes into its own because you don't need a no pens policy uh, in order to have your certification. So it's really been about making everyone compliant, bringing the information to them. So access to a CRM uh, and then plumbing in things like workforce management, workforce optimization, so that we can see what people are doing at home. Because obviously part of the function of the contact center as this high density physical work environment has been that it's easy to see what people are doing. You can see if they're you know, having a bit of a breather uh, <laughs> or uh, if they're having a hard time on a call and, and maybe need help. Mm -hmm. So again, technology comes to the rescue there. We can look at people's screens. We can see what they're seeing as well as hear what they're saying. So that kind of over the shoulder type of, of monitoring. And again, that over the period of the lockdown that morphed into auditing and performance management. We had one particular customer where they have some very high value workers in their outbound contact center who cost them, I think, 80 pounds an hour. So you know, pretty high cost. Yeah. Uh, and when they did their first analysis, they found each one of those 80 pound an hour resources was dealing with 0 0.2 customers per hour. Mm -hmm. So you know, you've got a 400 pound customer experience uh, per call. So by employing the right technology tools and, and plumbing all of those in to that work from home environment, suddenly uh, you've got similar visibility to when they're in your contact center. Mm. Agents have always wanted to work from home uh, mm. because uh, the aforementioned unappealing physical environment, it's been seen as a kind of a, a reward or, or treat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whereas I think now, we can see for what it is a really useful tool uh, for the contact center operator. We've seen, we've got customers who are seeing agents want to do like a two hour shift, maybe not an eight hour mm. shift. Uh, let's do that peak kind of 9 a.m. period uh, mm. after the school run and let's be on from nine till 11. Uh, and then um, let's maybe pick up again at lunchtime, uh, do uh, 12.30 to two. So we can have that very flexible rostering uh, by having people at home and we're not worrying about them commuting in or with the size of our car park or other things that, that we've always worried about.
Mm. So interesting. I'm really looking forward to seeing some data points around the improvement in uh, agent experience since they've been able to work from home. But I guess, as you said, you know, it's relying on having the right um, technology to support them in doing that. So if they didn't have the, um, I suppose, the hardware and the software that enables them to do their job as well as they could do it in a physical environment, but with the benefits, as you uh, as you mentioned there, um, yeah. I, I can imagine. And it would actually, be some important. of the agents from home are able to do more than they could before. Uh, so one thing I'd highlight there is video. So video, since I've worked in this industry since the 90s, has always been the next big thing. Yeah. Um, it finally is. Actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So now that we can't see one another face to face so much, uh, there's a, an actual pressing need to have video. And again, luckily, the right technologies have, have come together at the right time. So we're seeing quite a lot of a situation where there's a normal telephone call taking place. The agent can decide uh, that I need to upgun this to a video, either a one-way video or a two-way video, depending on the situation. Mm -hmm. So all they have to do is a couple of clicks on their interface. It sends a text message to the consumer's mobile device. Mm -hmm. They click on a link that's in there, and that's a one-use link. It opens up the camera, opens up the screen, so we can carry on having the voice conversation, but now there's this video element overlaid. That appears nice and big on my agent interface. Perhaps they can show me the broken boiler or they could show me the damage to the car. Yeah. Uh, and of course, this all started out in uh, NHS practice. So it was about how ill are you? Uh, <laughs> uh, do we actually need to see you? Uh, or let's have a look at that rash. So lots of things that would have required that in-person uh, now infection risk situation. Uh, technology means that, okay, we found this really convenient to just uh, use the mobile device to do this. Mm. So I think once, now we've seen that, we're not gonna unsee it. Yeah. Um, so if you're a retailer, maybe you're a clothes retailer and you're getting hammered by the more developed online retail propositions, you've got mainly people who are store staff. So again, you could use that same technology to make them de facto contact center agents who can actually show you the clothes in the store and have that very personalized dialogue with you. Again, contact center technology, but kind of breaking out of the contact center. Yeah. I think that's one of the most exciting developments of this is, you know, obviously we all want the customer experience, but yeah. if we can, take that outside the four walls of the contact center uh, and make it this much more flexible experience. Mm. And also it's going to be a more enjoyable place to work. And we're going to drive down that churn. Mm. That churn's never been such a, uh, an inconvenience as now mm. because uh, you can't just go and get a new batch of people in, put an ad in the job center. You get 30 people through the door uh, you start your training program because uh, the through the door aspect is difficult. So you, you really want to keep those agents, particularly the best ones, uh, and they're the ones who can walk most easily. So uh, I think the onus is on contact center operators now to really make that agent experience the kind of new CX in a way. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Just a few things that I reflected on when you were talking there was an experience I had as a customer of my broadband provider, Vodafone. 
and I was having a terrible experience with my broadband continually dropping out and I was trying to podcast and stuff and I was just getting so frustrated um, and I had one of those video conversations to assess the, um, the broadband connection in my home so they did exactly that I sent me a link they could see what was going on yeah. in the hardware department and it turned out turned out it had never been fitted properly in the first place but I was actually really wowed by that part of the experience because it yeah. did feel like you know I can't explain this to you but just by being able to look they could do that yeah, yeah an old phrase isn't it a picture yeah. of a thousand words. words yeah and like yeah, we with could my... save a thousand words yeah, that's yeah. a perceptible cost benefit benefit yeah yeah no definitely and also with my doctors because non-emergency appointments they didn't want to see anybody so um, that kind of triaging system moving to being either a call or a video call. And I agree with you. I don't think we're going to unsee this now. So we're not going to go back. And actually, in a lot of ways, there's so much more convenience in these experiences that we've been having uh, whilst we've been at home. So my next question really was, it was about um, as online channels become more dominant, what do you think the role of the agent is going to become? Yeah. So I, th I see the agent role growing uh, and becoming different, really. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to be about the mass answering of basic questions, mm -hmm. because yeah, we can do all those in an automated way now. Yeah. Uh, and actually, we're steadily working up the pyramid in terms of automation to doing more and more complex questions. So again, back to your health example, uh, in a service like NHS 111, yeah. uh, the technology is now able to mainly find out who people are and what it is they need and pull up some records about them uh, even you know, before they really join the, the queue proper you can start to you know, take the most urgent cases out or yeah. perhaps those who need other services that can be delivered digitally let's take them out of the loop as well let us use natural language processing to listen to exactly what it is that they want uh, and they start to categorize much more effectively. So by the time you as the agent uh, are receiving that communication, it's reached a quite advanced stage. And it's really where automated can't do it anymore. And look, here's the information I've gathered from this consumer. Uh, and you know, this is these are perhaps some things I'd like you to decide on. So I think the agent role will be a, being the human, everyone likes the human, mm. um, but B, it's uh, deciding from among a number of choices uh, that have been laid out in front. And by the fact of not having to ask who is your mother's, grandfather's, wife's maiden name, <laughs> yeah. uh, you're getting through a lot of that tedium that you know, nobody likes mm. being that machine. Humans aren't very good at being machine-like. Mm. Uh, at least most of us aren't anyway. So it's work fit for humans, supported by automation that doesn't mind uh, chuntering through all of this data, doing the gathering, pulling up the information sources. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, returning to my earlier point, it's a different kind of agent. It's a more skilled role. Yes. It's uh, requiring of empathy mm -hmm. um, and you know, if perhaps you might even have to have a friendly disposition because they can see yeah. as well. <laughs> I think it's a lot more difficult to be cross with someone when you can actually see them. look at their face. You're not going to be quite as rude. Just as mm -hmm. talking to someone, people are less rude than they are yeah. in a written communication. 
Yes. So I think, you know, we can get to a higher standard of civility as well. Yeah. I think yeah. we, and we've really achieved something. Yeah, two-way empathy. That's awesome. Um, so my final question really is kind of beyond the pandemic. Uh, what are the kinds of strategies that companies can employ to continue to improve the agent experience? So if we're going to have more people working from home, um, more technology that's sorting out the, the faff um, that humans don't like doing anyway and enabling our agents to be more human and, and higher skilled what kinds of strategies do you think um, the contact center businesses can employ going forward yeah so it's going to be a hybrid work environment now uh, i mean i'm in the office today uh, tomorrow i'm not in the office i'm but unlike what uh, the government has said it's not that i'm not going to work mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, we're going to be working in in this new way that's maybe going to be two thirds in the centre uh, and one third uh, away, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. So, I think for the new contact centre, you're going to need technologies that support that model, and that can cope with with changes happening very suddenly. So, there's a localised lockdown in your location. Eh, no problem. You know, here's here's all the data you need. You just carry on from home. So, there will be minimal disruption. Uh, when these kind of things happen. So I think you know, we're looking at a, a future, as you said, with much more techno- technological support for the agent, a more satisfying work environment, uh, less tedium. Uh, and you know, when new channels come on board, there was a new social channel, uh, it's just delivered to you. And you can hopefully more or less pick it up as you go along without a manual but you'll be supported by you know, people back at base mm. doing the training with you uh, mm. and kind of uh, keeping an eye on you remotely, uh, but not in a kind of George Orwell way. Well, yeah. <laughs> mm. Awesome. Oh, it's been really great to talk to you today. Thanks for coming on the show. It's been a real pleasure. <laughs> and just to thank everybody for watching along with us today. If you did enjoy the show, please drop us a like and subscribe to our channel and we'll see you again soon. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>